0: We want to welcome everyone to this week's ICEJ Weekly Webinar. I'm David Parsons, one of the vice presidents here at the International Christian Embassy Jerusalem, and our senior spokesman. We're coming to you from our headquarters here in the city of Jerusalem. Welcome from all over the world. We appreciate you being faithful to the weekly webinar. Now, last week we covered... uh, from Jerusalem to the ends of the earth. We had our president, Dr. Jurgen Mueller, who had just returned from a long trip to the very other side of the world, the ends of the earth, to Fiji, where he had met with the president, with the deputy prime minister, other cabinet ministers of Supreme Court justice there in the island nation of Fiji. All these official tribal leaders had a big impact and there, one of the uh, things coming out of that is that they want to actually speed up. They're interested in opening an embassy in Jerusalem, and because of Jürgen's visit, they want to actually speed that up. See, maybe they can even get it done this this year. Now, this week we're giving other updates from the nations. Our guests, I have uh, my uh, fellow vice presidents, my colleagues. Mormir Collis, Dr. Collis is the head of uh, the Vice President for International Affairs, and Barry Dennison, who is head of operations here for our, our global ministry headquartered in Jerusalem. So, gentlemen, welcome to the show. You've both been traveling in recent weeks. We're post-COVID. We're out here traveling again, and I think we have some exciting updates for our people of uh, uh, the different nations. That, that they have been to. There's uh, some other uh, of our spokespeople who have been uh, out and uh, traveling, and uh, we'll get some updates on that as well. But uh, if you need translation, there's uh, usually French and Chinese and uh, um, Portuguese, Spanish, uh, some of the translations available with the interpretation button. So if you need that, please uh, take advantage of it. But let's start with you, Mormir. Where have you been, and what uh, has been happening
1: out there as you travel the 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 world? Yes, uh, thank you, David, and it's great to be here uh, giving an update because uh, it is always an opportunity to give glory to God. Uh, I take it as one of the great privileges that I can travel around the world, and indeed, we have just resumed after COVID the uh, full team. And uh, because we have almost 90 uh, national offices in all continents, there is always an opportunity to travel. Um, before I speak about my own experience, I would just like to highlight uh, the fact that we have recently hired an, another international speaker uh, who speaks Spanish. Uh, He's a former Honduran diplomat, uh, Miguel Muñoz. Uh, he's a devoted Christian, a former pastor, and we are uh, fortunate to have him also traveling on behalf of ICJ, obviously into the Spanish-speaking world. And he has just uh, come back from a long trip to South America, in which uh, he visited his uh, home country, Honduras, uh, where he spoke uh, on many occasions about the ICJ. Uh, but he also visited three other countries uh, starting in Argentina where we have a new office. I was there myself last year. And the interesting thing here is that the office is a result completely of our online events during COVID time. We met those people who were participating very faithfully in all of our online meetings, global prayer meetings, and we found out there is a very strong a prayer movement, intercessory movement in Argentina and we were able to recruit some of these prayer warriors who are now beginning to set up an office in Argentina. Uh, Miguel was there together. They visited the new Israeli ambassador in Buenos Aires, participated in a commemoration event uh, commemorating one of the terrorist attacks in Buenos Aires and though that was an important visit to strengthen our new team in Argentina. Then he moved on to Uruguay and that has been historically the first visit of an ICJ representative in that country. We do not have any official representative there yet, but uh, he made a very promising contact. And From there he moved to Chile where we have just recently appointed Marcelo Reyes as our new uh, representative and Miguel again helped him uh, connect with uh, the local Jewish community, Israel embassy and other pastors in that country. So that is a very good example of why we are traveling around the world connecting our people there, our representative with the wider body of Christ, with the Jewish people, with the the diplomatic uh, mission of Israel, et cetera. So uh, I'm pleased with uh, what he is doing in the Spanish speaking world, and we hope to uh, see also some fruit coming out of that. Yeah,
0: I think, uh, Mayor, one of the things that uh... From our perspective here in Jerusalem and, and looking around the globe, I know in a lot of uh, Europe, North America, and what we consider the West, the Western churches, uh, there's a decline in church uh, attendance, me- membership, especially among some of the mainline Protestant denominations and all. And uh, among evangelicals, there's also concern that there's a diminishing of the support for Israel, but you get out there. In Latin America, Africa, Asia, Burial, bring us a report from Bolivia and Brazil uh, in, in just a little bit, but uh, we see something different, and even among young people where in the West the young people aren't as you know dedicated or fervent, zealous for Israel, but out in a lot of these other countries around the world where there is revival, the churches are growing, uh, There, there is a burning love for Israel and desire, but you've got to harness it and do something for israel with it
1: yes and that is certainly also true for africa we've been going to africa You yourself i have been to tanzania many times and uh, as well as barry and uh Uyghur. and uh, i just would like to give a short report from central africa that's a region of mostly french speaking including cameroon gabon and central african republic uh, we started last year with a regional conference. Uh, I visited all three of these countries. And in Cameroon last year, I uh, uh, set up a new uh, representative, Bishop Julius Ekie. And uh, I was surprised to get another invitation in less than 12 months uh, to come again to Cameroon to. Uh, take part in a conference that he organized. And I was really impressed because this man just started the work in June last year and in uh, March this year, he already had a team of representatives who uh, are working in all the provinces of Cameroon. Cameroon is a fairly big country and uh, they all met together in the capital city of Yongde. And uh, also there were other leaders from all Christian denominations, about 150 leaders, and uh, he put up a three-day conference, uh, including guest speakers from the neighboring countries of Gabon and even one from South Korea. And I was really impressed uh, with the efficiency and how quickly he put that all together. So that was very promising. The most touching moment in Cameroon was when uh, the so-called patriarchs uh, came to uh, fully endorse the, the meetings and ICJ, and uh, you know this is a special thing in Africa culturally. They really appreciate and honor their older generation. Now these patriarchs are some of the the top leaders who started evangelical uh, denominations in Cameroon. Each one was is the head of one of them, so you can imagine that even. Getting all these people together in one place at one time is no easy task. Now, they came, showed great unity and a great love for Israel. And the the oldest of them uh, is 91 years old. And uh, when he prayed for me, his, his touch was so strong. It was unbelievable that he was not a frail man at all. He was very full of energy, full of the Holy Spirit. So these people embraced the relationship between Cameroon and Israel. There are pictures uh, which uh, show show them wrapped in Israeli flags, and we really uh, felt like something new is beginning in uh, Cameroon. And uh, also, I was privileged to meet uh, Bishop Laurent Dorego from neighboring Gabon. Uh, he was invited as a guest speaker and I found that he is a very seasoned teacher with great teaching, fully compatible with the ICJ. And, uh, so he can also travel to other African countries, especially the French speaking ones. So that was a great encouragement. And this is not the end of it because, uh, Buried is traveling to Gabon in June in about a months time, and that'll be another, uh, regional conference up by the neighboring country of Gabon. Now they have started their own initiative. They meet in different regions, in different provinces during the year. And this annual conference, international conference is the climax of it all. So I uh, expect Barry to bring more good news in uh, about month time from central Africa and uh, I really have good hope that this uh, means that we are setting up foundations, and that the fruit will come soon,
0: yeah okay. one of the things you you do notice in in Africa uh more is uh you get uh, you know all these different denominational leaders, church leaders coming together around Israel, and I think uh you know one of the early uh my early experiences was this, when I went around seven years ago, my first trip to Tanzania, I've been five times in about the last seven years, and we held our first initial ICJ Tanzania National Conference. We were still trying to set up a branch there, but uh, the, our uh, team there, uh, Staten Newton and others, had, had somehow, the, the Holy Spirit had already done a work among the people, uh, so that we had representatives from every region of the country. And I remember they all came up giving offerings and, and such. But on stage, I was on stage uh, with um, the Catholic bishop, the the Anglican bishop, the, all these other Protestant denominations, and, and the Pentecostal, and You know, you can't get that in a lot of Western countries, but they're in Africa, they were all there. And some had the revelation on Israel already. God had already opened their eyes about the importance and significance of the national restoration of Israel. In our day, it's prophetic uh, significance concerning the coming or dead, but others hadn't, but they realized the people had, that God was already doing a work in the hearts of the people. So they sort of had to show up, and and one of the things that happened at that conference, you know, of course, a lot of it was in Swahili, and I needed translation. But all of a sudden, all these leaders, church leaders, and pastors and bishops on stage started getting on their knees and praying and repenting. And I said, "What's going on?" And they said, "They they're repenting from ever believing." when they were taught in seminaries about replacement theology. And it's very simple statement of faith. The Israel of the Bible is the same as the Israel of the day and hasn't been replaced. And some of them really didn't believe it, some did, but they were saying, we, we were repenting that we even listened to those Western seminary teachers who tried to feed us replacement theology. And there were genuine tears. And uh, it's quite remarkable to see the body of Christ in all these nations. I've seen it in Tanzania and several other countries where they all come together on stage and unite around Israel. Israel can be a divisive factor. It also can be a uniting factor
1: within the church. Yeah, exactly. And this is what we see, especially in Africa, where uh, the uh Believers get this revelation and uh, they can bypass, in a way, our uh, Western uh, Christian history, which is full of uh, anti-Judaism and replacement. You know? thank, thank God.
0: <laughs> and They can, yeah, it's, yeah. You know, yeah, the developments in Africa, they say, you know, it took uh, 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 70, 90 years from the invention of the phone until it was in more than half of the world's homes. They, you know, from the time TV was invented until it was in most homes was around 30 years. That's compressing, but they sort of skipped some of those things and went straight to uh, cell phones. And thank God they, sw- they, they ha- have the God's had grace that they've been able to skip some of those uh, anti-Semitic mistakes in the Church of the past. Exactly.
1: Exactly. And where else uh, besides? So, that, where else you been? I was also in Europe again and that is a completely different playground of course that uh, uh we had a 20th year of an annual uh, rally for Israel in Prague my hometown and my home country and uh, that is another good example of what we can do in Europe where the number of Christians uh, is diminishing and uh, there are even some uh, anti uh, Israel sentiments but one of the things which we can do, even with the support of government authorities usually, is to commemorate the Shoah. So what this is what we do in the Czech Republic. Uh, around Yom Shoah uh, on the Hebrew calendar, which is usually in April, uh, we gather hundreds of people, march through the streets of Prague and then uh, came together. Uh, David, I know you've been there in one of the first years, almost 20 years ago. Uh, We meet in a beautiful garden uh, of the Senate, the upper chamber of the parliament, and uh, the top dignitaries, government and parliament officials, the mayor of Prague, they all participate, including the Israeli ambassador. And it is a nice show of uh, solidarity because we are not only commemorating the victims, but also uh, celebrating Israel today as the haven for all Jews. And, uh, I would like to show you one picture in particular, which is from that event, uh, because, uh, you know, that happened just a few days after this terrible terrorist attack against the D family in Israel. And so the, the father and, uh, uh father of the two girls that were murdered and, uh, husband of his wife who was murdered, he made a simple call to people everywhere to show as a sign of solidarity uh, the picture with an Israeli flag. So You can see now this is what we did uh, together In uh, at the end of the meeting. Uh, I could point out to some of the very high level officials who also stood here in solidarity with Israel. You can see the logo of the Senate in the background and the deputy uh, or the chairman or speaker of the Senate is also one of those people present. So that was a really a nice show of solidarity. Uh, The other thing about this event is that for years we have been doing this together with uh, the, 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 the German branch and now recently also with the Slovak office of the ICJ and part of this is that we gather Uh, hundreds of young people, uh, these are 16 to 18-year-old high school students from the Czech Republic, Germany and and Slovakia. Uh, They march together with all the others in in solidarity with Israel, and then the next day they go to Terezin, the infamous concentration camp. They visit the camp, and then there's another uh, solidarity uh, meeting at the Jewish cemetery in Terezin. So here you can see, uh, hundreds of young people, which, uh, is also very encouraging to see, especially in the context of Europe. So that's something that we can do. And, uh, we are learning from each other. So this uh, has a tendency of growing. And then my final point in my travel to Europe was a first visit or not my first, but, uh, a visit where we inaugurated a new office in Kosovo. Kosovo is a special entity not recognized by Serbia and by some other nations. Uh, They have a Muslim majority, but there is also a small uh, evangelical community and they have been, uh, again, they received this revelation about Israel. We've been working with them for a few years, Uh, we found them to be uh, uh, respectable. In good standing. And so we officially opened this uh, office in Kosovo, which means that uh, we can also officially work with the churches with the government, with uh, the local Jewish community, with the Israeli ambassador. And, you know, these small countries and the number of evangelical Christians is really very, very low. It's maybe in uh, the order of hundreds of people only. Uh, But uh, in some of these small countries, you can even have easier access to the top uh, representatives uh, in the government or president. I remember recently in one of our COVID years, the president of Albania, the neighboring country, uh, uh, had a special message for us. Uh, He delivered a video message greeting to the Christian celebration of the Feast of Tabernacles. And Kosovo is the the only, as far as uh, we know today, the only European country which has its embassy in the city of Jerusalem. So again, even though the situation is very precarious, uh, the government changed, but uh, their decision has not changed. They will not remove the embassy, and uh, we hope that other nations may uh, also follow. So that is uh, another angle of uh, what we can do this is not so much about mobilizing millions of Christians like in Africa or Latin America, but we still can do some effective advocacy and stand for Israel in the public space in those European countries.
0: Thanks, Mormir. You know, uh, the first thing I'd say in response is uh, uh, I'm a little jealous that you were back in Prague in the springtime. Uh, If you've never been there, it is the most beautiful picturesque city in the world, uh, you feel like you're walking in a fairy tale all along the river. There's castles and church steeples and spires and towers that are just really beautiful, you know, a real gem in Central Europe. People talk about Budapest or Vienna or whatever, but Prague is, is really special. And even there in the in the Czech parliament in the gardens of the Senate, I remember every, uh, the time I've been there for that rally in, in spring against anti-Semitism, the grape wisteria vines all around there were blooming. It's absolutely fabulous. So I, I was jealous. I was just in Germany myself, Mormir, and talking to uh, Gottfried Bueller, our director there, who brought some of the German students with you to uh, Terezin, the Nazi prison uh, concentration camp. Where Jews were, were were killed, were exterminated, and he says there's an open door to the German schools, uh, for Holocaust education, especially these Holocaust survivors that he takes there. That that they they go into a city and say, we'll you know we'll give you a survivor, and the schools, three, four, five schools in that city, all come together, rent a big hall. And they all sit there listening to these Holocaust survivors. And there's even a lot of Turkish and Syrian refugees and others in the country who sit there and say, we've never heard this. We've never been taught it. It's so fascinating. Uh, We really uh, need to do something about this, this hatred of Jews. It's quite fascinating what he says, the door they, they have to, to help with this. And these trips to Therizine have, have been very important over recent years. Yes. Yes. Okay. Uh, we now want to go to uh, Barry Denison, uh, Vice President for Operations here in Jerusalem, our global uh, headquarters. And Barry, uh, you've also been doing quite a lot of uh, traveling. And you recently went to Bolivia and then to Brazil, you we were returning to Brazil after uh, serving many years there, uh, planting churches in that country. You know Portuguese, so this is, uh, even though you're from uh, West Texas, this is a, uh, you know, you know the language, you know the people and culture. And What are you finding there, especially concerning Israel?
2: Well, for me, it was an extremely encouraging trip uh, to latin america my first time into bolivia to minister um and i'll give a little context when we left brazil in 1995 to move to israel most of our colleagues in ministry in brazil most of the pastors the church leaders thought we'd lost it they thought we were making a big mistake they thought um, one or two actually said, you know, have you lost your faith? Have you you decided to become a Jew? They They really didn't understand the role of Israel and the church. And so being back there now, 25 years later, and being in churches that have been related with the Christian embassy, some of them for decades now, and have been getting good, solid teaching, Um, It was extremely refreshing, the solid biblical teaching on God's restoration of Israel, what God is doing with the church to bless and restore Israel. And so for us, it was very, very encouraging. Um, In Brazil, we were from almost the Amazon region up north in São Luis, down in Sao Paulo, the kind of the commercial capital of the country in porto seguro on the coast which is is the birthplace of israel that's where the first portuguese um explorers discovered the continent um and uh, extremely encouraging time there several uh pictures i want to share just to let everybody see a little bit of uh what is happening in brazil um this is Apostle Carlos Alberto, who uh, leads the church in Bolivia, Um, we spoke there, and uh, it's interesting. He leads a church of over 20,000 people, one congregation, but the largest meeting room in the the city is only 2,500, so they were limited to meet with that. From there, we went then to São Luis in northern Brazil. And here you see the congregation, um, close to a thousand people um, gathered, all very much in love with Brazil, with Israel, and regularly coming to the Feast of Tabernacles. One of the encouraging things is the interest in coming back to the Feast. Here is a large church um, in Sao Paulo, the capital. Um, They bring a group to the Feast of Tabernacles every year. And uh, here you see the leader of this church, Apostle Fabio Abud, praying for the Christian embassy um, with me as the representative there. And this movement in Brazil, they're praying prayerfully Got a goal of bringing nine hundred people to the feast of Tabernacles. Now I'd be thrilled if they come with four or five hundred, but uh, they they're they're setting this faith goal of how many people can be at the feast. The uh, uh, excuse me, Barry, but this yes. uh, Fabio Aboud
0: is, I think, from a Syrian background. He, he's an Arab. Yes,
2: his he's he a th- believer. The city is sed- he is. Uh, It's either Syrian or Lebanese, I forget now, but yes. uh, But he loves Israel and and even
0: has his region, their province, marking the Feast of Tabernacles
2: as an official holiday. Yes, the the city of Sao Paulo, um, which he's in the capital, and Sao Paulo is the metro area is a small metro area of about 24 million people. Um, But the actual city of Sao Paulo, which I believe is three to four million, that city declared it's now an official holiday in the city of Sao Paulo to recognize the Feast of Tabernacles. Wow, wow, wow. And this last photo that I'm showing now is out in Porto Seguro on the East Coast where Brazil was discovered. The conference there had the theme of uh, speaking prophetically to Brazil. And the uh, need for that conference is because of the recent election. You know, this time a year ago, Brazil had a president who was very in favor of Israel and looking at moving the embassy to Jerusalem. At the end of the year, they had an election and the reelected former president, um, is actually in negotiations with iran to allow iranian warships use brazil's ports so that the people went to the streets to pray for their nation that the nation not take action like the amalekites to fight against israel as they're coming into the land and intercede for god to have mercy on the nation uh, very encouraging time the, uh, the last place we stopped was a small town of uh, Aruama, And the photo I want to share now is just uh, a regional office for the Christian embassy for the state of Rio de Janeiro. Um, they've set up a, a, an office to meet with pastors, to educate about the, the work of the Christian embassy here in Israel. And uh, that's just something else we want to encourage, especially in a nation the size of Brazil. Um, As an American, I was surprised to realize that Brazil is almost the size of the Continental 48 in America. Um, The maps don't show it that large, but in landmass, it's very close. And so 27 different states, um, churches involved with Brazil or with Israel in every one of these states, many coming to the feast and uh, very encouraged to see the continuing work to educate people. Um, And we had the opportunity to be in some churches that have not been historically involved with the Christian embassy and their interest to get involved, to begin working. So there's lots of exciting things happening in Brazil. In case we have any Brazilians or Portuguese speakers on the webinar today, Saudações, bom dia aqui de Jerusalém. But exciting news is that the Jewish agency is working with the the Israeli Jewish community in Brazil, which is the 10th largest community in the world, about 100,000 Jews in Brazil, on making aliyah. And so we're now developing How can we work to facilitate that? How can we help educate the Jewish community about Israel? And that's something that we were excited about, the potential of the church in Brazil being a part of. Um, As we fulfill the words of the prophet Isaiah, that the church would carry the Jews back to Jerusalem and as he says in chapter 66, God receives that like a holy offering in his temple when we Gentiles under the banner of Messiah do this work of helping restore the nation of Israel. So an extremely exciting time in South America. Yeah. I know that um, uh,
0: Pastor uh, Bishop Antonio there in at Bolivia, you said
2: 20,000 in his church now? You. Apostle Alberto, yeah. The okay, so... Yes. is about twenty thousand people, but the meeting hall they use is twenty five hundred. Yeah. Part of that is why most of the church meets in home groups. They can't all gather together, so they're spread out all over the countryside, meeting in in home groups. Now he he's had phenomenal growth in his church,
0: and he all he he all connects it all to years ago when they started uh, coming to the feast uh, yeah. 15 years, 20 years ago. They started coming to the feast for the first time. And every Friday, they would hold a prayer meeting, people getting together. And they had a few hundred in his church back then. Yes. And every Friday, some of them would get together to pray for Israel, and they'd take up a little collection for Israel. And they continue to do that today. And he says the success he's had in bringing all these people into the kingdom as he stood for the Word of God on uh, and, and the truth of the Word of God, especially concerning Israel
2: today and, and blessing Israel, that they have been blessed. It's quite a testimony. It's an amazing testimony, and yes, he's very strong and very clear about it. It's God's blessing is because he's been faithful to lead the people to bless Israel and to give money to bless Israel.
0: Yeah. And I know he was at the feast a couple of years ago when a, uh, someone gave a prophetic word offering that you're going back to a different country, that things are going to change. And I don't know what it is, this flirtation in Latin America, and this battle. It's a, really a spiritual battle between Marxism and, and Christian, Judeo-Christian values in, in government and, and leadership. And uh, sure enough, he goes back and then Marx, a leftist Marxist leader is thrown out of office and a, a, a more godly government comes in. But it's a constant battle in these countries. We've been having it in Ecuador and some others recently, and back in Brazil when Bolsonaro J- J- Bolsonaro, was voted out. And then, um, then Silva, Silva was, he served time in jail for corruption, but they put
2: him back in, it's crazy yeah unfortunately um one part of the history of that is latin america is where the the marxist interpretation of scripture which is called radical liberation theology it was developed in the catholic church in latin america in the 60s Mm -hmm. and so that that marxist view of scripture has it's a it's a lingering part of the culture um your evangelical bible believing christians don't buy into it but yet because catholicism is such a predominant part of the culture it's it's become part and parcel of the culture and yeah you mentioned uh lula's conviction um he was convicted of corruption and making over 30 billion U.S. dollars disappear from the coffers of the government and the national oil company. And uh, unfortunately, as an economist, you know, you've got a few billion dollars to give. You can make a few Supreme Court judges millionaires and they declare your conviction null and you eligible to be reelected. And that's what's happened. There have said some Supreme Court judges who have reversed the decision of his conviction um, and are, are backing, you know, backing him as, as a candidate. And he's now the president. And it's sad because this time around, while he was leaning Marxist when he was president in the previous decade, he's leaning very, he's no longer just leaning. He's become an out vocal communist form of government. He wants to shut down the churches. He wants to shut down the freedom of worship, freedom of speech. Um, it's it's actually quite concerning. It's not just secularism. It's
0: imposed atheism like imposed in atheism.
2: China and, and Russia. Yeah.
0: Wow. Yeah. You know, uh, before the liberation theology and Today, it's a lot of it is called uh, social justice and, and such, social gospel. Uh, Latin America had uh, a lot of respect uh, and admiration for Israel as a developing country that was making it. And they sort of identified Israel from a Christian, a biblical viewpoint, because when the embassy was born in 1980, uh, Rate right as the last 13 embassies were forced out of Jerusalem, the threat of an oil embargo. 12 of those countries were were Latin American countries, and and in this this rival uh, theology, you'd have to call it ideology, comes Marxism, and it's uh, it's a real battle in all these countries. But the churches are growing. Bolsonaro had promised if he got reelected, he was going to move the embassy of Jerusalem. We won't see that uh, now, but uh, maybe he should have done it already. Maybe that would have helped him and blessed him to get over the hump. But uh, um, more more, Mayor, to bring you back in, I mean, we're seeing uh, Guatemala move to Jerusalem. Honduras moved. There's now a Marxist government in Honduras, but they haven't removed the embassy yet. Uh, our new uh, Spanish spokeswoman Agrela Munoz goes to some of these other countries, buried down there. We're seeing, you know, the revival, the growth of the churches, even in in and and an interest in identifying with Israel by recognizing the capitals, countries. I think more are going to come. But even in Europe, yeah, you know, I mean, the Czech Republic and your neighbor Slovakia, they've even not just Kosovo putting an embassy, but you at least open diplomatic relations. And these are countries that are largely secular when you yeah. think of Czech Republic and Slovakia.
1: Yeah, well, I, I just wanted to say a comment on the uh, phenomenon of Marxism, because I grew up in a formerly Marxist country. And uh, one of the uh, consequences of having a Marxist government is, first of all, always an economic decline. And this is what we see in many Latin American countries currently. Venezuela. Venezuela is a typical example. Uh, And the other part of that ideology is hatred of Israel. That is very clearly that has been the case when I was growing up. Israel was, you know, the the biggest enemy. And uh, the type of the current Palestinian narrative was very much embraced uh the communists were training uh Arafat's terrorists in east germany and in czechoslovakia so that is there and this is exactly the nature of the battle now going on in south america now fortunately the former communist countries in eastern europe have hopefully learned uh, at least some of them their lesson and uh, this is probably uh, one of the reasons for a very positive relationship between uh, the Czech Republic and also Slovakia and even Poland, even though there is a slightly different uh, situation, but they are very friendly to Israel. And I know because I I have some friends in the government that uh, they are very seriously talking about uh, moving the embassy. The Czech Republic has now a official diplomatic office with uh, one diplomat sitting in Jerusalem already, but it's just like a dependance from the main office in Tel Aviv. So the move has not been completed. I can tell you that pressure from the EU is enormous uh, against that, but even that might change because uh, last year we we saw the uh, President of the European Commission Ursula von der Leyen visited Isra- visiting Israel. Uh, because of the gas. Europe is now scrambling to replace uh, Russian gas and Israel is one of those countries which uh, uh, eventually can also supply some gas to Europe. So that might uh, perhaps uh, change slightly the views. The battle is still going on, but uh, we do hope that uh, several countries, and if they do it together, that would be more significant, that several countries could make the step I also heard about some countries in Africa considering that. And obviously, you mentioned at the beginning, Fiji is really intending to do that. Uh, I also heard about Papua New Guinea, another country from that region. And the chances are that some of these small island nations, which also have one vote at the United Nations, that they could just follow the example of Fiji. So I do believe that we can see a shift. And uh, bringing more embassies from different nations to Jerusalem in a relatively short uh, time in the future.
0: Yeah, I, I said it in in last week's uh, webinar that uh, there seems to be this jubilee cycle over Jerusalem every fifty years, something ha- happening to free Jerusalem up towards its uh, more and more towards its prophetic and redemptive destiny. You know, 2000 uh, in 1917, when Allenby marched in, freed it from Ottoman rule. Uh, Britain issued the dec- uh, the Balfour Declaration a few days later, uh, supporting the rest uh, the, the restoring of a national homeland for the Jews here in the land. And then uh, 1967, the city reunited under uh, Israel, um, and Israeli sovereignty. And then 2017, President Trump gives American recognition to Jerusalem as a capital, moves the American embassy a few months later. It's so my fault for for many years. And it seems to have opened the door to where it's now saved and, and you know can come up to Jerusalem without setting the whole region on fire like many predicted. And the door is open for these na- nations to do it. We're trying to work on this. We're very excited that Fiji is coming up, that uh, Papua New Guinea has announced it wants to open an embassy in Jerusalem. They'll be joining the U.S., Guatemala, uh Paraguay came and went back. These are countries we've got to keep working down there, Barry, and, and Mormir and Miguel, and Jurgen. All of us need to be out there uh, working on these issues. Hopefully some African countries come. I think uh, it's quite interesting, Mormir, that uh, we uh, were part of the, uh, at a a reception with the Prime Minister of Slovakia, your neighbor there, coming from Bratislava uh, on an official visit to Israel just a few months ago. And uh, we had a meeting with him at the Camp David, Jurgen and I, and, and Jurgen's wife, Vesna, who Ethnically, she's Slovakian. That uh, we had a wonderful meeting with him, and he's born again. Your own prime minister in Czech Republic. There's not a whole lot of believers there, but God's placed a a believer, a born again believer, as prime minister in both Czech and Slovakia. And the interest, I hope they they make that decision while they're in office. Even though uh, uh, Germany, some of the other EU members are leaning on him hard not to. You can identify with a biblical worldview and the centrality of Jerusalem in these days, the, the the glory that's going to return to this city one day, and you can align yourself with
1: it. It is a, a battle. Yeah. And I agree. The, the chances are, it seems like this is a time uh, window where uh, many countries can walk in, and it is certainly our prayer that uh, and they they do need prayer because the pressure is great from many sides. But when God puts a certain person in a certain position, they can do it. That's that's very encouraging. Okay.
0: Very. Anything to add here uh, as we're wrapping up? I know uh, I I was also in the Hague recently uh, dealing with some of the uh, the legal issues, the legal battles against Israel and the International Criminal Court and the World Court of Justice. Uh, Jürgen was in Fiji. We've got all sorts of travels still coming up. I'll be in the UK soon. But uh, anything else about your recent travels and
2: where you're heading soon? Well, soon I'll be in Estonia where there'll be a, an international prayer event. It got started focusing on the war in Ukraine, but it's also going to be praying for Israel and this whole Isaiah 62 prayer movement. Um, Then I'll be in Gabon in Central Africa uh, in the month of June. But the final thought I would want to share with all of you watching is the Feast of Tabernacles, Sukkot, is only about four months away. It's time to plan on being there. It's time that if you're unable to physically be here with us, And that's an important part of the words of the prophet Zechariah in chapter 14, that the nations would come up to Jerusalem to worship the Lord. If you can't be here physically, it's time to plan on being online and participating and and hearing the word of the Lord that comes forth here in Jerusalem during this time. We're getting deeper into the preparations every day, and I look forward to seeing you in Jerusalem. Yeah, Barry, I tell you, we just had the coronation of uh,
0: King Charles in Britain, but it just had me focused on the coronation of Jesus. And I believe the Feast of Tabernacles will be the feast of uh, coronation of him taking up the throne of David. And uh, you need to come and prepare your heart and prepare yourself for that coming day. Amen. And boy, Barry, any, any closing thoughts here?
1: Well, I would echo what uh, Barry said, Uh, the Feast of Tabernacles has been the key event since the start of the Christian Embassy and uh, uh, it has been so for more than 40 years. So please prayerfully consider either coming in person or uh, being part of this online event. We've seen it happen in many different cultures in many continents that people just sit up in front of a screen, they watch the program from Israel live and they have their own worship and prayer service. So it can be, even if you are not physically present in Israel, it can be a very strong spiritual experience. And I really recommend to anyone uh, considering to join us either this way or, or another. So this year in Jerusalem. Amen. Our feast theme this year is king
0: of all the earth taken from uh, the book of psalms but of course it's a recognition that god is king over all the earth and he will set his son on his holy hill here in jerusalem taking up the throne of david you need to come and be part of this year's feast and part of that uh, when the nations come up we've been having updates from the different nations where god is moving opening eyes, opening hearts towards Israel, they're all coming up, and we all want to gather together from our many nations and enthrone Jesus in our heart and prepare ourselves when we will welcome him to this incredible city. It's going to change, it'll be different, but even now, Jerusalem is is a remarkable work of the Lord, just as the Holy Spirit is working in all these nations, there's something about the restoration of Jerusalem, the rebuilding of the city, that is a message to uh, the whole world that uh, this age is coming to an end. The kingdoms of this world have become the kingdoms of our God. Every knee will bow, every tongue confess that Jesus is Lord. But the glory and majesty on him will be so self evident and so incredible that all will recognize it. And will. Praise the Lord. Come be a part of the worship of the King, King Jesus, at the feast this year. Thank you, gentlemen. Thank you, Moore, Mayor. Thank you, Barry, for these updates from the nations. We really appreciate it. It's exciting what God is doing all around the world, from, uh, you know, not just in, in Europe and North America. We're celebrating our U.S. branch. I need to mention they've got some big celebrations of Israel's 75th anniversary. One uh, uh, this week and one on May 17, where they're celebrating that. A lot of our branches are, are celebrating this. But even in Latin America, Africa, Asia, God is moving. We've all been there in just in the last month in all these regions, seeing the will of God and, uh, and, and bringing more people to the kingdom and the work of the Holy Spirit and attaching their hearts and their understanding to Israel. Thank you very much. We'll see you uh, next week on the ICEJ Weekly Webinar, 4 p.m. Israel time, every Thursday. Please join us then. We'll have another fascinating topic next Wednesday at 4 p.m. Israel time. We'll be back uh, with the Global Prayer Gathering. Make sure to join us there, joining with Christian leaders from around the world to pray for Israel, this whole region and your nations, that God's will will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So thank you for joining us today, and shalom from Jerusalem.